What's up, Slick Talkers? I want to promote a quick little thing that we're doing at Good Morning Hospitality called Good Morning Retreats. This is our first ever retreat, and we are hosting a hospitality training retreat at the Horst Schultz Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. Now, this is going to be July 8th through the 10th, and it's for operators only. So if you're a property manager and you want to actually dive into the inner workings of providing hospitality and not just the operations of your business, then this is what you need to do and sign up for. So go to goodmorningretreats.com in order to get into an intimate setting with other operators just like you. If you go to the website, you'll see the published agenda and other things around the whole retreat. We're excited to host you. And if you're going to the retreat already and you've already confirmed your spot, we can't wait to show you what we have up our sleeves for this event. Now, let's move on to the episode. Thanks for tuning in. And like always, I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. What's up, everybody? What you're about to hear is actually episode number three of my newest morning show. I have my amazing co-host, the Michaels, aka Michael Ross from Bidroom.com, Michael Golden from Noiseware. If you're an avid podcast listener, especially of Slick Talk, you'll understand those names um, you know, because they've been on the show. So it's pretty great to be able to do this new show concept with them. I'm excited. We talk about industry news and topics that are highlighted throughout every week. And then of course, um, as you'll hear in this episode, we're going to be talking about the top trends that we've seen, as well as the main topic of flexibility. So I hope you guys enjoy. It's a lot of fun. Tune in every Monday morning. We go live on Facebook and YouTube. And then, of course, you can subscribe to the new podcast as well on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. So enjoy, guys. He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. All right, you gotta love uh, you gotta love slow video intro delays. Those are always the best. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Monday morning we are back. Good morning, hospitality. I got the the, the Michaels with me once again, and uh, we've had pretty productive weeks. I would say you know, new month. It's now November second. We're getting close to a lot of uh, a lot of cool stuff happening here. So, gentlemen, how's uh, how's the week before? What's cracking? What's new? Yeah, it was all good. And you, Mike, start with you this time. All right. Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite a busy one for us at Noise Aware. We held uh, a virtual conference and I uh, had a lot of really cool companies and good speakers on it. Uh, a few of the trends that, that we talked about, we'll, we'll discuss on the show today. But yeah, it was, it was quite a hectic week. <laughs> Glad that what, we was the, what was your main takeaway from the event? Anything cool? Um, well, anytime Simon Lehman speaks, it's all about profitability. So, yeah. um, it was, it's good to hear a couple of different avenues of, of Simon approaching profitability, but the one that I'm, I'm excited to talk about today is, is, uh, the flexibility within travel altogether from booking to operations to the actual physical space. 
Yeah, I agree. And uh, Simon, yeah, he's he got me amped up on the second day. He was he went fire, all in. It was great. I loved it. Something something powerful about just starting your morning of talking about profitability in the hospitality space. <laughs> what about you, Ross? What you got? That's why I'm wearing red, right? I know that Simon's favorite color is red, right? So <laughs> I don't know if he's wearing his red shoes. It was a good week, actually. It was busy, like always, which is good. Uh, the funny thing is, like, on Wednesday, we had our Monday update, and we always try to make it special. So this time, it was Halloween team, so everybody was dressed as uh, scary people and everything. It was pretty cool, so people did effort. So it's always nice to see the whole team complete. And uh, we also had a conference. We had I Meet Hotel. Our conference last, last week, huge success, many Italians. Actually, it was uh, focusing on the Italian market and many takeaways I will share later. But I think the most important one that came back was innovation. Innovation was the, was the main yeah. one? I think a lot of people talk about innovation now, yeah. So it was uh, artificial intelligence, human intelligence, and, and innovation. And the same with also you can some which you see also in the vacation rentals, smart locks, everything came back. So what's cool? In, in vouchers, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started, man. We <laughs> that's a, such a good one. I'm gonna write my notes now for the for the voucher startup that we're gonna create. Um no, I think it's really, really good stuff. I I tuned in to I Meet Hotel early in the morning, uh Thursday. And then I also was a part of the return on rentals with you, Michael. So um, both great events, like tons of good stuff. Um, I think it was like a good couple of days of geeking out. And obviously it helped us get ready for this show today. So, you know, I got to give you guys both kudos for providing the content. We're already predicting it ahead of time, you know, I love it. Um, so, yeah, this is a, we're talking about flexibility and trends. And I know we both just kind of talked about innovations and, kind of what's going on with everything like that. And um, I want to know what are, what are the main trends? Some uh, some flexibility, obviously, we see in cancellations and how people are booking and what's going on with the industry as a whole with hotels and vacation rentals. But maybe this, uh, I'll start with uh, Ross on maybe a trend in innovation that you're seeing that we're, we're going to talk about today. Well, they were talking a lot about personalization, but still also like the AI combination with uh, with a human interface, right? So how can we use technology to improve processes also in communication? Because also they showed actually that people do appreciate chatbots if they're willing, if they're able to uh, solve problems quicker or answer quicker, why not? So it was, it was came back quite often. Of course, the smart locks, those kind of things was discussed. Like how can technology how can innovation actually help now the properties and it's also come back to flexibility you don't have to be there to give the key etc but also of course when you're looking at the safety the hygiene stuff it's also important so a lot of things were discussed in there um, you see really like how innovation can actually help properties as well in generating more reservations even though it's in a hard time i think it was also mm -hmm. nice that we actually had we were focusing on the italian market right and we all know that Italy was one of the countries was was hit really, really badly as one of the first ones, actually. So actually, they yeah. didn't take the learnings maybe from other countries. And uh, well, you can see their hope. And I, of course, I, I said to them as well, actually, every year I go to Italy with my family. And this is the first year, actually, since years I didn't go. I uh, was happy to be around Italian people that meeting. Yeah. And I hope everything will come back for them soon because they really... You see, especially, I think, in Italy, there's a lot of single-owned hotels, B&Bs, family-owned hotels, and they are really struggling now. When you see the chain hotels, they have some more 
financial resources, right? So they, they're struggling, but you can see they're they're hopeful. So yeah, it was it was a good session with like with insights and and I think the hotels are joined. They're gonna want to get some learnings, right? How can they recover? And yeah, also it came back again that now it's a, ch a change for distribution channels, innovation. Um, so yeah, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. Well, even one of your one of your speakers, uh, Simon A, was on my podcast, um, and we were talking yeah. about the the power of like back. He said back in 1999 when he first started, it was all like paper, yeah. you know, hand check in, nothing, no electronics. So you had a ton of time with the guest. And now we have a lot of tech. We have big tech stacks at some properties. Um, unless you're at like an independent property, more likely not going to have a huge amount. Um, but still, like our time is used in these ways that are supposed to help the guests, but we're not spending the time that we need to because we're playing with all these other, these cool bells and whistles, which also are supposed to help the job. But then I sit, he was talk, talking about, we need to implement more tech, implement mm -hmm. more to let it automate, to not even not automate, but to be so accurately able to unconfuse travel. Because uh, there's a lot that goes on with travel. There's so many variables. Um, and I, from looking from that perspective was super cool for me because I'm always about the guest experience. And like you said, he was telling me about their, their markets are like 5% occupancy. And so mm -hmm. to be at that low of level to then think we need more tech in order to get our staff freed was an interesting perspective to take on. And I, I, I understand where he's going with it. And I totally, totally agree that there was a lot of cool things that you could do with APIs and other stuff that would have freed mm -hmm. up the staff in order to make that human connection a lot better. Yeah, well, I would talk about APIs, what might be more topic for next time. I think also we go more to like an a API economy, right? When everything is connected yeah. with somebody else's API, the end, you're just building your product around others' APIs and your own. So it might be an interesting topic for next time. But what Simona <laughs> indeed said, it was like really this whole combination of artificial intelligence combined with human intelligence is super strong. And a lot of people say they have, people think they have to choose, right? Are we going to stay? With the, with the human interface, or are we going to move to AI? But I think the combination could be really strong. So that was coming back to yeah. the sessions in there. So it was a good session. Yeah. That's what I meant to say it was AI, not API. But you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I helped you a bit. <laughs> Thank you. Michael, what about you, man? Because um, we're seeing a lot of trends, obviously, on the vacation rental side. And um, I think um, Mickey from the ROR event was uh, a great speaker on talking about a little bit of innovation and flexibility, especially when it comes to like that hybrid model, which Simon Lehman, of course, said too, we're going to hear that word a lot more. But um, I think you had a good session with him and I kind of want to touch base on that. Yeah, I think something that, that blends in with what you and Ross were just talking about is, and it's something Mickey and Simon both discussed, and, and Julie as well, but it was about hospitality in hospitality. And, and right now, it, the push is for everything to be automated, everything to be you know, digital, and, and you know, hotels can learn a lot from short-term rentals, getting people to the door and walking in without having to contact the guest in, in person. Um, but hotels, historically, they teach a lot to short-term rentals about hospitality. Mm -hmm. And where where is the line today and where is the line going to be two years from now? Um, the line today is full-on contactless stays. Um, that's, that's the gold standard. Yeah. What's it going to look like in two years? I, 
you know, I, I'd like to think hospitality plays a role back in hospitality when we're done, but uh, I think people are going to like the ability to walk straight to their room and check in uh, versus standing in a line and doing things that should be automated anyway. Um, you know, it's, there's nothing worse than being on a 10 hour flight and checking in at a hotel and waiting for 30 minutes because there's, cause they have to give you a key, like just send it to my phone and, and I'll go punch a code in or I'll use my phone to open up a door. Uh, yeah. Things that short term rentals are, are pros at. And, and we've been forced to, because there's, you know, all the rooms are not in a single building. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the, the hospitality touch, you know, it's, it's hard to express hospitality digitally. Uh, yeah. It's very, like people travel because they want to meet people and see people and experience cultures and ask questions and learn. Yeah. And it's, you know, you, you can sure you can do a, a walking tour from your phone, but that's not cool. It's not giving you a feeling of belonging or, or, or being welcome to a place. It's just further distancing yourself from, from humanity. Uh, so I, I think it's, it's going to be an, interesting to see how technology can play an important role, but how hospitality gets weaved back into to all sectors of, of travel. Well, I, uh, I really liked the breezeway session because the, um, the property manager that they brought on to discuss um, their topic was telling how they actually incorporated that hospitality kind of like feel to it. Like, Hey, this guest doesn't like this. They don't want to miss stay clean. They want this, this, and this adding those personal touches. And like, cause I think that's where the biggest, from my point of view, from, from when I was a manager was that um, the front desk would know all these things, right? Mr. Smith is not like this. He wants to do, 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 blah, blah, blah. You name it. And uh, it gets all done on their side, but nobody communicates it to the housekeeping or even to the maintenance person. Um, and so let's say my maintenance director is going to go help, you know, fix a fireplace, but he doesn't know that Mr. Smith does wants, you know, things done a certain way. I don't know, you know, you name it. Right. But incorporating that into a platform where the whole team is able to be hospital, like be able to provide hospitality. Um, Cause I think that's where one thing is like the front desk always gets to, hospitality credit but there's no you know housekeepers don't see the the notes inside a reservation they they see a a room occupied dirty or clean that's well, pretty much see some hotels right we just spoke last time about citizen m when they introduced a different business model but also when you're looking at their people right it is the same person could help you with a check-in even though you have to check in by yourself but if you need any help somebody will help you and it's the same person who's selling uh, stuff from their shop, but it's the same person also serving in the restaurant. So they're making this flexibility also within the workforce. What I think for, for people within the hotel, it's pretty fun to do different stuff and not always stand behind the bar or always behind the reception. So there's also, if you talk about flexibility, I think it comes back also in your in your workforce and your employees. Yeah. Well, what was the bank that did away with tellers and they created a, a coffee Umqua. shop? I think it was Umqua, right? I'm probably known for some hospitality training change that they made like 10 years ago. I'm talking about bank, like Bank of America or Capital One or something like you, you can go into their bank, but it's really just a coffee shop. 
Yeah, there's there's some in the U.S. Was it the one? Yeah, I'm just thinking. Well, uh, Umqua did something like that ten years ago, but Capital One just launched a, um, a cafe. I think Capital One could be indeed yeah, because you can drink a coffee. They're helping you, and then you can buy yeah. a coffee, but also you can just have a chitty chat in there and even work from there. And yeah, yeah. yeah. So it becomes like again, it, it back to the flexibility piece, but it's also hospitality. It's it's accomplishing multiple purposes with with a single use space. Mm -hmm. And the uh, a bank, which is typically a sterile environment, is now a warm and inviting environment. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's really cool to see you know, innovation in places that you would have never expected it. And you know, I think hotels, to, to loop it all back, hotels are starting to learn this and, and they're being forced to with, with COVID. You know, I've, there's private gyms in single rooms now. There's workspaces, of course, and uh, I, I saw one hotel was doing recording studios. They set up a few recording studios in different rooms. So, you know, depending on your market, where where you are, how you can attract locals to your hotel, which is something no one's ever really been focused on before. Um, they get to look at their city and say, you know, Atlanta has a ton of recording artists or uh, a bunch of future musicians. You, Magician, not magicians, musicians. <laughs> uh, and so let's let's pop some recording studios into some some vacancy. Um, you know, you got to be careful time of day with the noise there. Yeah. But there's there's a lot of cool things going on. Um, cruise lines was it Carnival that is yeah. now selling a co-working co-living it experience and i think the details are still a little big yeah so. i tried to find it but it's between 25 and 50k but there, how long yeah. it was unclear and everything but it, i think they just want to just test what is the feedback are people open for it before they actually launching it when yeah. i think they just want to get yeah. some customer feedback but it was yeah. fifty thousand dollars they better include everything <laughs> right and every market there right like uh, for yeah. sure cfu that's for sure included what is <laughs> CPU for sure will be included. Yeah, yeah double occupancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool. I like the idea. It's like a semester at sea kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But for that kind of price, you, you're really narrow in who's, who makes mm -hmm. that much money and is that is at that point in their life that they can get on a boat for six months. Oh, the first yeah. thing I was thinking, the, I know that always on the cruise ship, the internet is so bad, right? It's always they're using oh, the yeah. satellites, internet. So if you really want to get tech people and stuff on board, and if the internet doesn't work, they will jump off the boat probably. <laughs> so I'm not sure, like, but it is, I love it that they're just thinking about some new ideas and to how to fill their ships because it is challenging, right? So yeah, let's see well, if they really, really do it or not. Another podcast I was a big fan of, like early, early when I started my journey in hospitality, they were talking about, um, you know, crews not selling their, you know, um, their boats for this kind of space, but more of just docking them somewhere and allowing it to be just hotel co-working space instead of going out to sea for like six months, just docking somewhere cool, somewhere where there's a good market, destination-ish. Um, you know, it could be locals, it could be people that, you know, drive to it. Uh, New Orleans is a really popular spot that I know a lot of people leave from cruises. So like if there's a cruise ship that docked there and uh, I was able to go into town and do some Mardi Gras type stuff safely, obviously with COVID, but then like go back on the ship and do 
podcasting or any type of nomad work. Um, I think, you know, that could be another niche. And they were well, talking about, right? yeah, there's like in Rotterdam, yeah. there's like a boat where they just permanently docked. Actually, it just doesn't, yeah. uh, doesn't go into the waters anymore. It just stays there. And actually just as a restaurant, you can work there. There are some offices when they do quite well. So I think in this stage yeah. when people just don't want to travel or far away, this could be still opportunities, right? Yeah. Agreed. And that's the, that's the, what I love about the hospitality industries. It's like, with all this, like we all look back in March and April and how freaked out, like, well, obviously I was freaked out too. Like, I think we all were like, what the heck's going to happen, you know? Um, and to now see where we are eight months down the line, seven months down the line, um, it's pretty incredible to see the things that we never, we put ourselves in a box and now we're kind of having to get ourselves out of it. And it's really cool to see, you know, I would love to have a hotel that has a podcast studio where I can go record. Like, Instead of coming to my co-working space, I'll just be over there, like be in my element. But it's just cool to see these new innovations of space um, instead of just being a basic room. It's now now a lifestyle type type trend that I like I like seeing happen. So what would you see in the Netherlands now? Actually, restaurants they have to be closed, right? And the restaurants of the hotels can be open, but it's only they can serve uh, guests from the hotel. So you can see all the hotels they move into packages, right? So uh, stay and eat packages directly. So this is really like directly. Okay, we're just selling the whole experience because you're not able to sell dinner separately. Um, only you can serve hotel guests. So they're really focusing on directly into this packaging. And this is cool to see like directly from day one day later. They're just selling sleep and uh, sleep and eat. Which is yeah, cool. yeah. It's really funny. Like I think another trend in hospitality, at least in short term rentals, is regulations. But when you look at regulations. No matter how fast lawmakers move, the public industry is faster at adapting. And in, in my town, bars were closed, but restaurants were open. So what you had was bars now started selling hot dogs and now they're yeah. a restaurant and then they can be open. So like everyone just adapted so quickly and, and you know, Michael in Amsterdam with uh, a hotel that can serve food versus a restaurant that can't. Like, so, so the hotel room now costs two euros to spend the night and dinner is right. So you just, just monetize it separately. You're not actually allowed in your hotel room, but you're a member or you're staying and yeah. there's just ways around regulations. And well, this um, happened in the past parking, what you saw around the, around the airports, there was, there was like kind of the illegal parking wasn't allowed. It was only the official parkings, but there were companies that just had one office, which is a virtual office. So you rent this one, including a parking spot. So you rent the office for a few days, including a parking spot. Nobody was using the, 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 the virtual space, but it was packaging so they could sell the parking spot. So it was like park and park, park and work or something like this. Well, of course, everything, everybody just took their flight and parked there cheaper than the officially. So I love this innovation and the kind of disruptive bit to see, okay, just gray area, where can we still yeah, get some business. And for the hotels, I just fully understand why they just have to adopt quickly. And it's a good initiative. Well, we talked about subscription models last week. And um, part of the trends and flexibility thing that we were seeing in some articles uh, this week as we're prepping for this episode was people are going like exclusive, like exclusive membership. Like, okay, it's like a timeshare in a sense. You, you pay X amount per month or per year. And now you have all exclusive rights to this condo like we saw one in in um, california that was doing that doing exclusive membership rates only no 
no transient walk-ins, nothing. It was, okay, you sign up for this membership. This is what you get. You're able to leave stuff in the room, come and go as you please, as long as you give us heads up type deal. And um, that that was it. And so I think it's, we're seeing right. subscription models. Go My ahead. guess with that is it's regulation driven as well in, in California. Okay. Um, I I don't. That's just my gut. Uh, explain. I want I want to know more. Like, go well, on. California is probably the most restricted state in the country when it comes to COVID, and the the whole tourism and. But I think Gavin Newsom, the, the governor, said you can't have more than two families at Thanksgiving dinner this year, mm -hmm. and everyone has to wear a mask inside their own homes. It's like you can't regulate things like that. You you literally that yeah. is that is not the government's role. Um, and so my my guess is that this hotel is doing that because mm. these people can now be labeled tenants and then they can come and go as they please and they don't have you know whatever traveler restrictions or regulations might be in place. True, that's a good point. I didn't think about that because California is pretty heavily regulated with it. So it's just another. Just another thing, another trend. <laughs> well, um, yeah, and I think that the to kind of just end on that note of the subscription model and and now like we're seeing lots of hybrids. I'm curious to see, I wanna like, we talk about hotels and vacation rentals a lot, but I wanna see what restaurants are gonna do. Like I know for my first hotel that I ever worked at, the Davenport in Spokane, um, their, their terrace bar, they've now provided igloos, like out, outdoor igloos for um, like there's snow on the ground. It's, it's really beautiful. It's cool. They did it last year pre COVID and it was a success, but now it even makes more sense with COVID, right? Cause it's an independent little bubble for your, 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 um, your group. So I want to see what hotel or uh, what restaurants are going to do. Cause if like you were saying, if you're a bar, you can't be open, but you start serving food, you can. So if you're a hotel, but your hotel guests can't go eat restaurants, we have a restaurant. So what about the restaurants? Are they going to start getting into the hotel space and start accommodating and building this type yeah, of... might try the opposite, indeed, to sell some rooms above or around the restaurant. Yeah. But what we saw as well, what we did at Bedroom, is that as soon as it started and the restaurants were struggling to get there and the people inside, we connect them to, to delivery platforms, right? We help them to connect yeah. them with Uber Eats and stuff. So they start, actually, before they might holding it up because they want their people within the restaurant, but you see... They were completely, uh, you saw their hotels, they, they have to survive, right? So they really went to food delivery and everything. So I think looking at food delivery, it's a huge boom. It's, it's growing a lot. And so, yeah, they, they can, there could be also a reason for hotels to get people familiar with their food, right? So they can use it as opportunities, even though they generate some income now. But eventually, when you are at some place a few times, then you're satisfied. Next time, when everything hopefully comes back to normal, it's okay, I, I ordered there a few times. But now we'll go for the full experience and they're just going to eat in the restaurant. So if hotels yeah. do well, if a restaurant is doing well now, could also help them in long term, right? So and don't see it as a threat because a lot of hotels, they're still seeing this as a threat. Like, yeah, but it only is full delivery. We want to sell this whole experience. And of course, we also, the drinks are important for us because the highest margins on our drinks and the alcohol and stuff. So yeah, of course. But if you're providing a good service now, you still make some income. Later, when things come back to normal and people are allowed to come into your restaurant, they come. The first thing they think about is your place. So, this is. I think that also, if you're just talking about the definition of hospitality, is also just creating a relationship, right? And that's again, we go to a last topic: creating a relationship or loyalty with your with your clients. Because you went to this restaurant last years for, and you're just closing completely and just shut down and don't deliver, and then people just finding out this 
places and you might lose this customer which was going to your restaurant several times per month you might lose them forever yeah so two things on that one i mean I, i'm with you like the the places i patronized during the the worst of the lockdowns were friends businesses friends restaurants and the restaurants that i loved to go that i didn't want to see disappear um Something I just thought of that it would be really cool. Like some of the nicer restaurants have really, really good chefs. Do some do some courses out of the these mm -hmm. kitchens, the professional kitchens. I'd love to see what it's like to cook in a professional kitchen. Yeah. Um, I enjoy cooking, and I think a lot of people during COVID have really taken to cooking more than than they used to for obvious reasons. But I'd love to learn new things about it, and that's a way to use this space that's not you know, straight traditional restaurant. So they can still create an experience, right? They could say, okay, we're just live broadcast the cooking people from home. They can they put the iPad also in the kitchen and together they're cooking, for example, it's degrading again, experience. Yeah. And this is of course what people does before you go to the restaurant because when they have no experience, you can make it cool, right? You can see it now in the music. You can see some artists. They're not allowed to give any concert. They go into virtual concerts or live stream concerts. And this could be an opportunity for you, for uh, for chef or a restaurant. It's okay, this is me. This is the way I'm cooking. This is how I'm just preparing the meals and stuff. And, and, and you really TV, right? People are like, man, yeah. I I took a couple courses from this guy. He's fantastic. I I can't wait till they reopen. Mm -hmm. It's I gotta be cool. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, totally like off topic, but I even did like a virtual date <laughs> this during this whole like COVID stuff where I sent like the, the, the ingredients to the the, the uh, girl I was seeing and then we cooked over FaceTime together. And it's just like, there's these cool like little things like, you know, FaceTime and this video slash in person, it adds like a little, it's weird, but it's like adds a little bit of uniqueness to it because like you said, we have to innovate, right? So if you're going to do it, might as well build that, that cool connection. Like you said, I would love to see like one of the chefs I used to work with. I would love to have like a cooking show that's exclusively for me. Heck, they, they could even do it in the restaurant. They could provide an app, iPad at the table and do a virtual stream and just say, you know, as he's making everyone's meals, he's just kind of talking out to the to the camera or something. I don't know. There's all these certain things that you could do that would be that'd be kind of cool. So, so you're making your food, you can follow how it's making your food, and then you just yeah. they're gonna send it to your place, right? So half hour they just preparing it, and then you can see not much later it's in your own place. You create a whole experience. I, how know. Cool yeah. <laughs> I don't know, not an all kitchens. There's some restaurants you don't want to see it, but if there's a good it's a good one, it'll be fun to see what is actually how they're preparing your meal and how much later it's gonna be delivered. That's actually technology, right? You can see yeah. how they can prepare your meal. Kind of in maybe even virtual reality, maybe even you would like to, but you just okay, how to create the meal because you have to do something, and this is again to create kind of a relationship. And it maybe yeah. it doesn't bring you so much money, but again, you just stay visible for your clients. And I think that's so important on this stage to still stay in contact with your with your audience. And that's yeah, what some people forget, right? They say, Okay, I'm just closing completely, it's not profitable, and uh, hopefully in the, maybe in a few months I'll reopen. But then mm -hmm. I think recovery going to be much stronger. It's the same in our company. We could say we're going to lay off half the people or more. But then if you want to bounce back, if you want to recover, that building your team and comeback take you much longer. So if you really want to recover quick, yeah, it is a risk. But eventually, of course, if you want to recover quickly, you should take some risk. 
Yeah. And we talk about transparency all the time too. So just doing it, like being more transparent, live streaming a chef cooking your food and having it delivered to your house is just another version. So that's like we find, I think the more we find transparency and keeping the good service alive, no matter what, whether it's going a little extra mile to, you know, clean your rooms better and, and market it that you're cleaning your rooms better or just doing other things. Good service is always usually going to end up being on top, on top of being. Yeah, I think it's more than just saying you clean rooms better than other people. Right. Like I think that yeah. message at this point is kind of washed away. Um, the watching the chef cook your meal would be super cool. Right. Or, or, or having them, you know, send you the ingredients and then you FaceTime with the chef and you cook yeah. with them, right? Like yeah. the chef could do it with 20 people that sign up and they send out these boxes of food and, and everyone cooks together and watches the chef. Like there, yeah. there's ways to innovate even a, a restaurant that's probably harder to innovate than uh, a hotel or short middles that can flex their, their usage and their inventory. Yeah, well, the same, I don't know if I mentioned once, but you got the guys from Trip Loop. Actually, they were selling group travel, and group mm -hmm. travel is not really that, it's pretty dead now, right? So it just doesn't work. So what they did, they had the whole platform where people can log in, they had the app and everything. So what they built within a few weeks that people do kind of a virtual travel so they can still connect with people. So what I did, for example, you go to Japan, they have like a 10 day program to Japan. So a few hours per day, you just learn about the country and everything, but still you're creating an audience. So you're like one with maybe 20 people, other travelers, you could communicate with each other. So actually you felt like you traveled kind of together, even though it's virtually. Of course, travel is different experience. You want to see it in real life, but for them, keep them alive, actually, because they're doing this, they get money from uh, I think from the Japan uh, tourist uh, bureaus, actually, they, they are like this project, they get, they get quite some money, so they could survive. So by actually adopting those kind of technologies and stuff, and say, okay, this innovate them, because otherwise they will just yeah. probably uh, be bankrupt. But now they survive, they get some money from, uh, I think, from Japan. So they survive by using innovation. And they just have to survive till everything comes back, and then they can just continue again. So I think that's also important, right? It's the same with the restaurants. Yeah. You could say I'm shut down everything and hopefully it doesn't take too long. Or you try to innovate. Could be the way of, you can see in hotels as well when they're in, in here in Poland, there's okay, just everything into safety. Is that the menu? There was no menu anymore. So okay, where's the mm -hmm. menu? It was a few months ago when you could still go to the restaurant. And I said, No, yeah. you didn't have to do it on your phone. You just have to order on your phone. Now we just stepped away completely from menus, papers, and everything. And they directly innovate. And I think this will be happening more, right? And yeah. as Michael said, by checking in with paper, writing down what is your name, all those things. Now you have the time as a property, as a hotel, as a restaurant to innovate because yeah. now you can experiment, right? You can make some small mistakes, but if your your hotel or your restaurant is fully booked again, yeah, then if you have a mistake, it, it will be uh, more challenging. 100% agree. And with that restaurant thing, that package that you're talking about, I, I actually saw a restaurant do that. But the yeah. one thing that they didn't do was like allow you to do the FaceTime with the chef. But I think would be cool. You know how we're doing QR codes now? Everyone's doing like QR menus. So you do a video of that certain meal on how to make it. Mm -hmm. You have a QR thing with the instructions and the ingredients, and then maybe that would be a cool way to do it. So yeah, we have any restaurant. Yeah. If we have any restaurant tours that turn tune into this, uh, you're welcome. We just gave you a new business <laughs> <laughs> pivot. Well, I know I think this is a good episode, guys. Um, any final notes or thoughts coming up for this week for for anybody um, you know with you guys at NoiseAware or with that bedroom? Well, I, I think to put a bow on it, like the certainly the term of 2020 is flexibility. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't have prepaid bookings anymore. Almost every booking 
and every type of travel is flexible. Uh, the booking windows are no longer, you know, six week lead times to destination markets. They're a week. So, uh, you know, I think moving into ski season where October, November is prime booking for January, February, probably bookings aren't going to come till January, February, right before people travel. So hang tight. And I, I think people will show up. Uh, it's just not going to be the same and you got to be flexible. Yeah. Give them a reason to show up. Well, I think I'm just curious when that happened, right? We just discussed it in the airline industry. They're working with founders and still to get some income and be flexible on this. I'm really curious also, this is not so common yet in the hotel business. Of course, for individual hotels might be more challenging, but if the large chains, there's okay, we just if you're booking through us, we just is kind of semi-flexible. So in this case, yes, you just your your maybe your amount of your your payment is non-refundable, but you can book it you can rechange any property which we like to have uh, which you'd like to have at any date i'm really curious yeah. if they're adopting those kind of things because in the airline is really common now and early every airline giving vouchers and stuff to still not pay back everything so i'm, I'm curious if hotels also coming up with how can we still survive on this stage but it will be challenging of course for the individual properties but they might give a different experience right i think everything everybody's curious now and i think now it's a time for education to show everything it's okay how the chief is cooking that will be super interesting might be even yeah. say okay i want to see how cleaner and cleaner maybe i don't know how, how long it takes you take maybe to clean your room in 10 15 minutes well if i would clean uh, my bedroom it would probably take me five times longer because he has kind of like a systematic approach i'm pretty curious to see actually like okay how yeah. can you make those things more efficient right this is not every process this is operational wise it is really interesting. You can learn from a lot how they're, and even though in hospitality, right, how they're just dealing with, with customers, but also with, for example, when there's an issue with challenges, because it's also, this is management. So they, they can learn a lot from hospitality. You can see a lot of people did hospitality schooling and they work in different businesses because they have this hospitality approach. So I think now will be also a way to learn from the hospitality, actually. And I hope they will share a bit what, the, what they can do. Yeah, totally agree. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, awesome, guys. Let's uh, do this again next week. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast.